For me, this may be the most important work I've done. It's such a need. There's so many people out there who could have a thriving business if they had the right information. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Eunice, and I believe we need all the help we can get when it comes to living a full and free life. Here you'll find honest truth, practical tips, and perspective changes that help you embrace the miracle that is your life. It's an in-process conversation that's going to be unfiltered, and it better be fun. Let's get real together. All right, you guys, welcome back to Let's Be Real. We've been on a little bit of a break, but what a better way to start than to be back with our friend Allie Worthington. Allie is like my Shiro, and I don't know why exactly, except that every time I meet her, she just sparks joy, and she's full of enthusiasm, and she's super successful at everything that she kind of puts her hand to. And I think a lot of times we think that that comes out of just natural gifting and luck, maybe. But Allie's here to tell us a little bit more about the real story behind who she is and how she's gotten to where she is and how she wants to help others experience the same thing. So Allie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. What a great intro. Thank you very much. (laughs) Feel the same way about you. I know. I'm trying to remember when we actually first met. I think I first encountered you probably on the podcast and then through your books. But then after that, have also gotten a chance to get a little bit of business coaching from you and experience sort of the way that you help women in leadership. So I think that's every... Have I missed any of your skills that I haven't... No, no, that's (laughs) it. And, And likewise for you, I discovered you through your books and the way that I decide that I'm going to hopefully become friends with someone is ask them to come on my show. So there you go. There we go. And it's working. It's working for us and for everyone who's with us. So exciting. Um, So for those of those of us who are new here listening to the show who maybe haven't heard from you before, this is a perfect, like, perfect episode to actually talk about your beginnings. I know you didn't necessarily set out to be an author, a business coach, a successful, like, event planner, all the things that you do. I'm actually curious, like, Back in high school, what did you want to be when you grew up? You know, I have no memory of what I wanted to be in high school. I can remember lying in my bed at night going, do I want to work in a big city or do I want to live in a small <laughs> southern town? Like I was like, do I want the Steel Magnolia's life or do I want Bright Lights Big City? Like, like that was my point of reference. And I was trying to figure out what the end point was and what I did didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. In college, I studied psychology and then I got married and decided I wanted to have a bunch of kids. So we had five sons and I was a stay-at-home mom, really happy being a stay-at-home mom. But I do remember a conversation, a friend of mine brought it up to me recently, back in 1999 in a Chick-fil-A in Memphis, Tennessee. Hmm. We're there, we have our kids in the playland. And I say to this woman who I had only known for a few months, Someday I'm going to help people on the internet. And she was like, that's, that's <laughs> crazy. What are you going to do in the internet? In 1999 was like Yahoo shopping and sports headlines. Like, you know, I it was just wasn't just all that usable. I'm like, take me back to 1999. I was trying to remember. And I also love that you called it in the internet. Like you were going to jump in it like an ocean. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's all I knew. You know, I, I just had this feeling. So that went on the shelf. I didn't think about it. I was busy having kids. And then 2006, I started blogging and I discovered Twitter. And I was Mm. like, this is amazing for someone who doesn't have a lot of contact with the outside world right now. (laughs) In 2008, my husband lost his job. We were over leveraged in real estate. We ended up losing our home. 
we filed bankruptcy. We were homeless. We lived oh with my, my family um, over the summer. And as soon as my husband had another job and we found a place to rent, and we got back on our feet. I decided I was going to figure out how to make money on the internet because mm. we, we needed two incomes. That summer that we lived with my grandparents, we would drive to a McDonald's Playland. We would order fries because that's all we had money for. The kids mm. would play and we would use the free Wi-Fi and I would just Google like, what are the business opportunities? What can I learn how to do? That led into event planning through a friend I met on Twitter. Uh, we, we started our own events. Through those events, I met um, companies through sponsorships like Disney and Intel and Verizon who would come to me and go, hey, you have a real gift for this. Can you come in and teach our people X, Y, and Z? Mm. And I was a woman who needed jobs. So I was like, yes, yes, I can. <laughs> okay, wait, time out because I want to yeah. back up because okay. you just like really took us into the valley of despair so quickly. <laughs> okay. But I know you're an Enneagram 7 because we yeah. talked about it before. So you're like, and onward and upward. So I want to go yeah. back for a second to yeah. the time with your husband where he lost his job. You guys were, I guess, really, it sounds like you were sinking fast. How old, were the, how old were the kids at that time? Um, the youngest was four weeks old when we moved out of our home and oh lost gosh. it. I took a picture with an old point and shoot camera with a mirror that was hanging on the wall the day we moved out and he's in my arms, four weeks old. I have a wrist brace on cause I'd hurt my wrist packing. And then I took another picture out the window where you can see two pods storage units because we had lost all of our money, but we had enough money for two pod storage units. Mm. And so everything that we owned had to fit in those two things. So the expensive stuff we collected through the years, we left in the house. Mm. But I chose to keep things like toy boxes of the kids' stuff. So mm. whenever we landed, they would feel like things were normal. Mm. It was a it was a dark time. It was a really How did dark you, time. and I know you've talked about this in your book some, but yeah. when you think back, like what kind of held you and your husband together in that time? Because that's a time where a lot of people can really find that they yeah. pull apart or they begin to turn on one another. Um, what held you guys together? I think we were all we had. <laughs> I can remember lying in bed at my grandfather's house that summer. And, you know, he was applying for jobs all the time. And I was trying to figure out how I was going to build a business. And I would ask him every night if we could go sell my ring because that would buy us a few months of expenses. And he, mm. and he said, please don't like out of, out of everything we've lost, just, just keep that. Mm. And we knew we had to hold it together, not only for ourselves, but for our kids. You know, once you have mm -hmm. kids, you, you can't let yourself fall apart. It's funny. Mm -hmm. My oldest was nine and about six years later, he went with me to an event where I was speaking and I told the story and he literally on the drive home goes, we were homeless and broke. Uh -huh. I thought we just spent the summer with Papa. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I have succeeded as a mother. I I'll take it. that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my you know, goodness. he's in his own little nine-year-old world, but it, it was dark. And sometimes people will ask me, how did you know things were going to work in business? How did mm -hmm. you, and my answer is always, you don't, I still don't mm -hmm. know things. My next book could be a flop. My next product could be a flop. We don't know for sure. Um, and then the second question is, how do you keep going? Mm. And my answer has always been, I, I knew I wasn't going to stop because I had people who depended on me. Mm -hmm. And if you know from the beginning you're not going to stop, you can pivot, you can change, you can measure results and then do different things all day long. But eventually you're going to be successful. Mm. Gosh, that's such a good word. Like if you know at the beginning that you're not going to stop and how much mm -hmm. that 
how much we all hold back when we think, well, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I won't do it. <laughs> like, it exactly. just makes us hold back. You don't get married and go, I don't know, give it a shot for six months. And if I don't feel happy about it, I'm out. That's what we do when we try to build something new. When we mm-hmm. when we have a dream, when we have a vision, we go, I, I think this thing is for me. For me, in 1999, I had this idea. I'm going to jump in the internet. And I'm going to help jump, people jump I know, in the internet. <laughs> just jump in. Whatever. I don't know what this internet thing is. but And I just pulled those threads through the years. In 2006, I remember walking through a bookstore and thinking, I need to write a book one day. I have no business writing a book. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't have anything to talk about in 2006. But 10 years to that month, in January of 2016, my first book came out. Mm. I think that we have this idea that if we don't reach success by the time we're 30, or if we try something for six months or 12 months and we're not getting any traction, the universe is trying to tell us that we shouldn't do it. It mm-hmm. just hasn't happened yet. Thank goodness mm-hmm. I didn't write books in my in my 20s or my early 30s. Who knows what kind of nonsense I would have said in <laughs> <laughs> so true. Sometimes when I'm like, when it's someone in there is really young and they're publishing, I'm like, oh gosh, I hope this turns out okay for you because <laughs> there's a lot in my 20s that I'm glad is not published. So, um, same, yeah. Okay, yeah, so tell, take us to, now to the McDonald's Playland. Yeah. You have this computer I know from your bio, and I've heard you talk about it before. Missing keys. You've got this like broke down laptop, somebody else's Wi-Fi, and dollar French fries. Yeah. And you're like, how can I make money on the internet? So what was what were those starting places for you? Where where did where did you end up? I know you ended up getting connected to brands. Was it through blogging? Was it what was that first start for you? Well, I was starting to build an audience through Twitter because that was the only mm-hmm. social media at the time. A conference was coming to Nashville. I live outside of Nashville. And um, someone on Twitter that I had made a connection with. This is why networking is so important for people. Oh gosh, so good. Um, great connection on Twitter. She sent me a message one day and said, I am working with a brand, Epson at the time, and I want to host a cocktail party after this event in Nashville. You seem to know a lot of people in Nashville because she had watched me engage on Twitter. Now, mind you, at this point, I'm actually engaging from the McDonald's Playland, right? <laughs> Little does she, she know. <laughs> yeah. And she said, do you want to be the hostess who invites people and make sure people come to this cocktail party? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. That sounds amazing. And a month later, she called and she said, the conference that's supposed to come to Nashville has canceled. So sorry, we're not going to do the cocktail party. Mm. And I said, well, if you have this brand that's willing to pay for this, and I've already asked people to come. What if we just let people come and we have our own conference that day and we see how it goes? And she said, okay, let me talk to the brand. It was very, very low budget. It was in the (laughs) the Preston Hotel next to the Nashville airport, very low budget. And it went so well that we decided together that we were going to host a real conference that next year. I had luckily been in a rental home for a month by that point. And we just went for it and we started selling tickets and we used the money to sell tickets to, you know, book things. And we were robbing Peter to pay Paul. Mm. But within a year, we had a great company. And within, this is 2008 and 2012, my husband was able to retire from the job that he took in 2008 to get us back on our feet. And he's been kind of primary at home and stay home dad ever since. It's been great. It's been 10 years now, which is crazy to think about. I did not, I had not heard that little part of your story, that that networking piece. And like you yeah. guys met on Twitter. I mean, I did share a hotel room with a girl on Twitter one time at a conference. 
So I I understand being the person who's like, sure, you're at this conference. I'm at this conference. It works out. But for you to make those connections, and obviously, I'm so glad that we are starting here before we kind of get into like our main content, because I want people to know that you know what it actually means to build from the ground up. And it's not because you're so talented, although you are very talented. But I really do believe like talent is not enough when it comes to this. I think people actually under like they sort of think they're not talented enough to make a business rather than thinking actually it's about a lot of other things you might yeah. you might be kind of middle of the pack talent wise but if you know how yeah. to do and build you're going to be you're going to be loving your life and you're going to be able to flourish with exactly who you are i don't know if that's what you believe but oh 100% it comes down to grit it comes down yeah. to grit and people who will teach you what you don't know Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's being teachable and not taking failure personally. We're going to mm-hmm. fail a million times at little things, and we want to fail a million times at little things so we can figure out what will actually work for us. For every successful business I've had, there's been at least three flops. Mm. That's just part of it. So good. So how did that? How did kind of losing everything and finding yourself in this situation where you guys didn't have a home, you obviously were a stay-at-home mom, which we love stay-at-home moms. That's great. But you found yourself in a position, like many, many women do, where it's not an option. You needed to make money. How does that affect how you run your business today, like that, that beginning? Oh, that's a great question. I think to some degree that experience has marked me. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure no matter what happens, we never go there. I'll tell you, spring of 2020, when everything was shutting down, I think I think I had a little PTSD flare mm-hmm. hub. <laughs> um, from that experience, one thing that I'm really committed to in my business is building multiple streams of income mm. just to protect us no matter what happens. Because we, we did learn in 2020, I think as a whole, that life is more unpredictable than we can imagine. Yeah. But I think I already had that mindset from what I went through in 2008. Yeah. What does mm-hmm. multiple streams of income mean? Like, can you just say a little bit more about that? Yeah. So multiple streams of income just means you have one primary way that you are sourcing your income. You really want to focus on building that one source of income first and then diversify to make sure you have income coming in from other areas. For me, the majority of mine is business coaching, Mm one-on-one business coaching with people. But I also have uh, called Creatives, which is a business on the side. I have the Coach School business on the side. I have, you know, affiliate income here. I have my books. I have speaking, things like that. One thing that I saw in 2020 for women and men who get 90% of their income for speaking engagements, it all dried up overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, One thing that I was so pleased that I did is in the beginning of 2020, I built with a partner called Creatives, which teaches uh, women who are called to write and speak, teaches them like the insider information that they need to build it. That ended up replacing that speaking income that I lost in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, without that additional revenue stream, we would have been hurting as a family in 2020. Uh, there's a great quote from James Clear where he says, concentration produces wealth, but diversification protects your wealth. Mm. And I think it's important once we have a strong main income stream to start thinking of how can I build other passive income streams or not so passive that come in on the side. So if something happens to this main income stream, I'm okay. I'm, mm. s- I'm still going to take care of my family. My business is still going to move forward. 
I think once we are successful with one, it's time to start branching out into others. That is so helpful because my follow-up, you answered my follow-up question before I could ask it, which I know you're about like you have to find your niche. You need yeah. to know what you specifically do. So you really capture that right now because you talked about that idea. And it was just so helpful to me because obviously I have diverse income streams, lots of different things, and I can find myself feeling pretty scattered because I needed what you just said, which is that you have your primary concentration, which right. is your sort of source. Mm-hmm. And then you're you're thinking about those other pieces because I went through the same thing as you, Ali. I lost all my speaking income in 2020. Thankfully, like providentially, my consulting business grew and it's a much more stable sort of source. It's not yeah. just like, oh, well, nothing comes in in June. <laughs> and then yeah. you, have four, you have eight speaking engagements in March. Yeah. Sorry, mortgage. <laughs> I know, exactly. Yeah. Unless you're, I mean, obviously this is, and we could get into this because I know in the coach school you get into this. Obviously yeah. being financially wise is how you control the fact that you don't have income in June and tons yeah. of income in March. Because yeah. as entrepreneurs, I'm going to say, I mean, I'm, I'm curious in your business work, is is revenue more sort of volatile within entrepreneurship than people might expect in the sense of what you get in March and what you get in June? And how do you coach people through getting over the month-to-month view of money yeah. and really thinking forward from there? It can be in entrepreneur for a lot of entrepreneurs. They'll have big, huge months and then months that aren't so great. But normally, their business is set up in a way where, if you're a speaker, that's definitely going to happen. But say you have a big product and you're only launching it twice a year, you're like Scrooge McDuck with the gold coins twice a year, and the other times you're not. What I do with clients is I like to get them set up in ways where the income is more stable throughout the year. So Mm -hmm. it's not so stressful. A lot of entrepreneurs, if they aren't online entrepreneurs, for instance, it's pretty stable month to month. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the beginning, there's a lot of volatility. So there's a lot of, okay, I know you made a lot of money. This is amazing, but we're going to put this <laughs> over here for the next six months and we're going to take out this much every month. Yeah. To make sure things That's are so good. good. That's mm-hmm. so good. So you, when did you start actually, I mean, you said like kind of your bread and butter, your sort of main concentration is business coaching yeah. and you've now launched or you're about to launch in February, the coach school, which is an unbelievable offering because anyone who has been around coaching knows it's an investment. If you're if you're being coached one-on-one, it's a pretty significant financial investment. And having a way to offer incredible content for people who are starting out is kind of what we're going to talk about with the coach school. But tell us a little bit about like how you got into business coaching and what do you think makes a great coach? Yeah, that's another great question. When I started working with big companies in 20 no, 2009, I started that early with Within two years, I realized I wasn't a fan of working with big companies because no one ever made decisions. <laughs> you know, we have a great plan and then it has to go to this person, this person, this person. Six months goes down the road. And I was like, this is this is killing my soul. I will I will come in and talk to this team or this team, but I can't I can't do big projects that take six months to get approved. This is not fun for me. And that's when I started switching to working with business owners one-on-one. Some people Mm -hmm. are entrepreneurs. Some people want to get out of the corporate world and create a business. But my primary um, person that I work with is a business owner who wants to enjoy it more, wants to be a better leader, wants to find some balance. And that I loved because for me, I like to work with people long-term. So on average, I work with a client a year or two, sometimes Mm -hmm. more. And that gives you a real investment 
and them as people, not just their business. So I think one of the things that makes for a good coach is the fact that they really know the business owner. Mm -hmm. They know where the blind spots are. They know where that business owner is holding themselves back. They know where that business owner is likely to self-destruct in a certain situation. Mm -hmm. That's the mark of a really great coach. And a coach doesn't tell people specifically what to do all the time, but sometimes a good coach will step in and go, I know you think this is a good idea, but let me tell you why that's a garbage idea. Mm -hmm. If you have a coach who can actually give you wisdom because that coach has done what you want to do, then I would think twice about it. Mm, that's so good. So mm-hmm. you um, you do this, and now you're branching out into a different way of working yeah. with people. So let's talk a little bit about the coach school. What is it exactly? What are you most excited about? Um, it's coming in February, right? Yeah. February is when yeah. it starts. Okay. Um, I love the coach school. It was born from people applying for coaching constantly saying, I want to be a coach. You know, uh-huh. this is what I do in the corporate world. I, I want to be my own boss. I want to I want to decide how much money I make every year. I don't want Mm -hmm. it to just be what people decide to pay me. And from people saying, I have spent all this money to get certified as a coach. I've been trying it for six months and I don't actually know how to get clients Mm. because there's a different skill set learning how to coach people than there is learning how to build a business and get clients, (laughs) right? And if I took on every client who's in that situation, that would be all my clients. I would still have a wait list. So I created the coach school to teach coaches how to have a thriving business. It's a 12-week program where I teach everything from branding to positioning to messaging to social media to website to email to how to do a sales call that will actually get you a client, how to get more clients. And then once we get through the main... And client management. I looked through the whole thing. I looked through the (laughs) whole thing yesterday. I was like, yes, check box. I need help with that. I need help with that. Um, Yeah, client management and like the financial side of... I mean, these are things that really, I do think people get really overwhelmed with. And they are, um, especially, I think the better coach they are, the less likely they are to be like pretty jazzed about you know, landing pages and spreadsheets and all that. Exactly. So what I I wanted to give people just everything they could need. And Mm -hmm. even at the end of the program, I teach about multiple income streams and I give, you know, templates for how to build your revenue, how to, how to manage the clients you have now while making sure that you always have a flywheel turning to get new clients in the future. Mm -hmm. And it's a process. I think that for me, this may be the most important work I've done. Mm. Because it's such a need. There's so many people out there who could have a thriving business, who could be doing what I'm doing in a couple of years, if they had the right information, if they had someone to go step by step, this is what we're going to do. It's yeah. not hard if you know, but people just don't know what the steps are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when you when you think about the coach school, do does it work? Does it help someone who's already a coach? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's people who are already a coach who go, I have a client or I have four clients, but these were all people I knew and I'm doing everything Uh that I was told to do, whether someone went through a certification program or there's a lot of Googling, but they're not getting traction. This is to make sure your business can grow and thrive so you're not completely stressed out begging for Mm -hmm. clients all the time. Because that's what happens. Yes, it does. I mean, that's everything you're saying is resonating with me in my circle, my community of people, as I've worked with people who are doing 
coaching, how would you even, I mean, for me, coaching can mean a lot of things. It's any way that you're helping someone with their, you know, you've got a product and you're helping someone with their business, whether that's life coaching, it's on the relationship side, it's on the business side. Um, and they, they do, they, they run out of the people that they know really quickly. This, this feels to me like you're like, I will give you the business boot camp side of your coaching business so that you can be actually do the things that you love to do because it's a wonderful life if you can get to that place where you've got, you know, sort of that consistent income. It's an amazing life. And I think, you know, I'm a huge fan of coaching. I think all of us need a mentor and someone in our corner who is also calling us out on what we need to hear, but is doing it from a place of like love and encouragement, which I know, Allie, is what you're all about and all the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Any coach, any consultant, this is perfect for them. Anyone who needs to have a platform online and actually get clients, it's Mm -hmm. perfect for. Yeah. Is this for men and women? Is it specifically for women? This is for women. Uh Okay. And I do think, I think that coaching is such a huge opportunity right now that the people who get in and really invest in themselves to build, I think that the the situation that we've been in in the past two years has taught people to embrace online service even more. Mm-hmm. So now I don't coach doing video calls. A lot of coaches do. I, I coach old fashioned on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that we're in this wave where we're going to see coaching take on and we're going to have so many people ready for coaching. I think in the past, people have said, well, we only need to go to therapy. Well, therapy is great for things that for life coaching, for instance, therapy is great for things that have happened to you in the past. But if you really want to set goals and you want to figure out what your blind spots are and move forward, that's coaching. That's coaching all day long. And a good part of business coaching is also life coaching. If, Mm -hmm. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're an executive, because those blind spots will keep you from going where you want to go in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, so good. And mm-hmm. I remember I had a client, um, as often, you, executive clients, sometimes they don't want to be your client. You know, they, they're, you're hired by their board or yeah. you're hired by their boss. And I had a client like that who was reticent to, had never like been around coaching or experienced coaching. And a few months after we started working together, he was like, this is the best thing. Like, how do people not have, how does anyone do their job? I mean, this was a, you know, a pretty high level leader who just, I think I, it wasn't, I don't think anything because of what I did. It was because it opened his eyes to see, gosh, I, I have a lot of blind spots and I have a lot of pressure and I need somebody who's not in the system to be with me. And I think that's one of the reasons that coaching is taking off is as, as the gig economy takes off, as people see the opportunity for flexibility and entrepreneurship more and more, you're not going to have that skip level boss, you know, four levels up who takes you under their wing because you're, you're doing your own thing. Yep. So this creates that network that helps you feel like, oh, I do have someone in my corner. And I love the story of that client because now he's also the biggest proponent of coaching. So now he tells other nice. people about how important it is. So if you're listening or watching today and you're like, gosh, I've had this idea or I've gotten certified, but I, I just can't get traction this, I think, is a really, really good investment. So I'm answering my own question. I was going to say to you, like, for the woman who's feeling like, oh my gosh, I just don't know if I can make this investment, what would you say to her? I'd say, how can you afford not to? I mean, honestly, we can try to do it on our own. We can spend a lot of time and money and resources trying to do it on our own. 
but you could just join the coach school, get everything you need. And here's the thing. Remember I talked about the beginning of this chat with you, how important it is to network. This mm. isn't a course that gives you a bunch of great video mm -hmm. curriculum and workbooks. This is a course that will give you a coach school mentor to help you get through the program to answer your questions. But we place students in a mastermind group. So you're going to be in a group of five other women going through the curriculum together. Mm. So you're going to have people who are answering your questions. You're going to brainstorm with them. You're going to get feedback. And after this session is over, our graduates from the coach school last year they're staying in their mastermind groups together without their mentor. Mm. They're like, we we love each other. This is our business network. We're going to keep on going. We need that community. Coaching and community combined together is a real recipe for success. And of course, mm -hmm. you get a call with me every week, which is moderately helpful, I would, I would say, in the coach school. So that's why <laughs> I, I would, would say it. more. Yeah, more than moderately helpful. That That's <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. Okay, so what are your, you kind of said that you feel like this is some of the most important your work you're doing. So what are your goals for 2022 that you just want to share? I'd love to hear, like, what oh, are you looking yeah. forward to celebrating by the end of this year? Um, I have another book to write. I have to get yeah. on that. So I should, you know, I should start that yesterday, but I'm on it. I have, I, I normally, because I work full time, I spend Saturdays writing my book. So I will, okay. I will start on Saturday. I've Gosh, I love that public. you just said that too, Allie, because people think if you're an entrepreneur, you just are like, oh, I, there's a little bit of a myth out there. Like some, oh, I don't have to work hard. Like I, and you're, you yourself are disciplined enough to say you're not even including book writing as part of your full-time work. Nope. Mm -mm. No, I mean, I, I work with clients full-time. It's what I love to do. I I love putting my head on the pillow at night and knowing I solve people's problems all day long. Mm -hmm. When I wake up and I sit at my office and I get ready for my calls, I know problems are going to come at me. I'm going to think about them. I'm going to give people an answer and they're going to be so happy. It's the best job in the world. I love this job. <laughs> uh, I will never go back to working with big companies that, you know, let me, let me send it to so-and-so. We'll wait six months to get it. No, never again. Um, so so someone have, right now is having a breakthrough and they're like yeah. having a moment where they're like, oh my gosh, I have to leave my job. So yeah, that you're someone not, that's listening. Yeah. yeah. We have it's not way you, for you. It's them. It's not you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. So I'm gonna write this book. Um, I want to help uh, a new group of students get through the program. Mm -hmm. That makes me really, really excited. And I look forward to the end of the year us being done with this stupid pandemic. That's oh, that's gosh. my hope. <laughs> Please, Lord. I know. Please, Lord. <laughs> and um, I hope okay. to take a lot of vacations that involve roller coasters. That's my other goal. Okie dokie. Do you yeah. have what's your favorite roller? What's the, your favorite roller coaster you've ever been on? Uh, Velocicoaster at Universal Studios, which I will be back there two weeks from tomorrow, riding Velocicoaster as many times as I can get on it. Wait, is the Universal Studios where the Hulk? Yeah, roller coaster. It's is? way That's better than I, the Hulk. Is it really? I must. It must. Better. I don't know why I've never been on it, but um, the Hulk is my favorite one. So. Well, Velocicoaster just opened last year. Oh, yeah. I have teenage boys, therefore I'm a roller coaster enthusiast. So. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Okay, well, I was going to ask you what your small pleasure is, but that might be it. Do you have anything else like 
that's it. This planning, planning for your next roller coaster is your your favorite small pleasure. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because it's kind of gotten out in the event world. Any event in Orlando, I'll do. So I'll get a text like, hey, we got an event in Orlando, January. Are you in? Yes, I am. You're like, it's eight, it's 18 people in the airport hotel. And you're like, absolutely. No problem. Son of a gun, I'm in. <laughs> All right. So guys, where do we where do these people sign up? How do you find out um, more about the coach school? Yeah, you can go to coach school, thecoachschool.com or you can go to AllieWorthington.com to get more info. And Nicole, we have a special code for you. You're so generous. Um, If you join the coach school and you put in the discount code code Nicole, (laughs) you get $50 off tuition for the coach school. Yeah. That's awesome. It's our present to you guys. And um, I cannot... I really, truly cannot recommend this enough. First of all, I'm a huge fan of of learning. Secondly, investing in yourself. Like people come to me often with, about books, and I'm like, "Do you want me to tell you about the investment, like actual financial investment that went into beginning to be a writer?" Yeah. But unlike writing, which often is is more of like a a, <laughs> a passion project for most of us, um, coaching can be lucrative and can set you up with stability, and obviously is so life giving if you love to help people. So. Guys, go check it out. You're going to love it. Um, Allie, this is awesome. We can't wait to hear all about how it goes. And it's just been delightful to have you. Thanks for kicking off our season. Thanks, Ryan. It's great to be with you. All right. Talk to you later. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Let's Be Real podcast. If you have a question for the show, you can send it to me at Nicole at NicoleEunice.com. And hey, if you're enjoying this, we'd love for you to like subscribe, share it with your friends, pass it on, shout it from the rooftops, whatever you feel like doing, because the reality is let's get as many people getting real as possible. Talk to you soon.